Welcome to Web3 and Wisdom, for a journey into the heart of Web3, where knowledge is power and wisdom is key. Today's episode is actually the first interview that I'm bringing to you on this podcast. And fun fact, we recorded it in November 2022. But at that time, I didn't have a podcast set up yet. So I held on to the footage. But I know that what we talked about is still just as relevant today than it was a few months ago. I'm excited that this first interview is with an absolute OG in crypto. If you're in the crypto space, there's a good chance you've come across him. I'm talking about the one and only DaVinci Jeremy, also known as DaVinci J15. With 300,000 followers on YouTube and close to half a million followers on Twitter, he's among the most influential crypto educators, a true Bitcoin believer and ambassador. DaVinci worked as a software engineer for several years before opening his own business and started posting on YouTube 12 years ago, where he talked about gold and silver before switching to Bitcoin. He is known to trade Bitcoin and he has a paid Telegram group where he shares his knowledge on Bitcoin trading and analysis. So I'm excited that he sat down with me to share his thoughts on not only crypto, which wants to buy, the current state of the bear market, but also larger scale topics about Web3, the fall of the economy and his take on the metaverse. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Da Vinci. So good to have you here and finally have this conversation. It's ah. been a while. We've known each other for quite some time through different conferences. And now we just finished the AIBC Summit of 2022 during, well, a bear market, I would say, right? Yes. So how has that been? Would you say that there's been a big difference in how the conference went? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. And yeah, it was a huge difference after FTX exploded. A lot of people you know, lost a lot of money. And yeah. so obviously couldn't uh, spend it coming to a conference. So you can see with, with the prices going down, a lot of people just don't want to be involved in crypto. And there's a lot of uh, the optimism has drained yeah. from, the, uh, from the whole community. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that the fear and greed index is like, like off the charts. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And um, I saw in your last video, you, you sort of talked about that as well. And you compared, you know, the financial system or the banks to FTX. And you said that we're at the end of an exponential scam. So I was wondering, what do you mean by that? Okay, well, nothing can grow exponentially. Mm -hmm. And our current financial system is based on debt. Right. There has to be more debt in the system in order for, for us to have money. If everybody paid off their debt, mm -hmm. there would be no money. That's our system because our system is like, for example, if we're on an island and I'm I'm the banker and you are a fisherman and your camera lady is is a housemaker yeah. and, and there's no money on the island. And so uh, I say, well, I got an idea. You want to buy a house, right? I go, don't worry. I'll loan you $100 mm -hmm. and you give me 110 the next month, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, sure, sure. Not thinking about it. And you take the $100 and pay it. And then you're like, wait a second here. Just only a hundred dollars on the island, right? Dimitri, where am I going to get one hundred and ten? Like simple. Somebody's got to borrow it from me. <laughs> so some, there always has to be more and more right, debt right. in the system for there to be money. And since nothing can grow in an exponential curve, right? Because they have to expand the amount of debt there is yes. exponentially, it has to collapse. And do you feel like this collapse? Um, I think you said that next year around February, March, we should see a change, a turnaround in the market. 
Um, why, why do you believe that happens? What, what does that trigger? Well, markets right, run in cycles. We've yes. seen Bitcoin run in cycles, and it's been a, a consistent cycle um, since its inception. So normally, Bitcoin bottoms after its bear market about mm -hmm. 18 months after its bear market. So around that time, so it's an 18-month cycle, the end of the 18-month cycle, so mm -hmm. we should see a Bitcoin bottom around that. We might even see it bottom a, lot, a little bit sooner because it mm -hmm. popped up a little bit sooner than than last time so yeah okay interesting but do you think that will trigger like an, an actual bull run or do we have to wait longer for that because obviously the trust and everything is has now been shaken so much does it take until like the next halving um, well i think we'll probably start to base a little bit maybe start to mm -hmm. move up slowly uh, markets when they move up right they move they take the staircase up and the elevator back down right so you see it's all the time so yes it will be slow and painful but it, it will start to move okay that, that, that is very interesting. Um, now, if somebody just now this year got into crypto, they heard about it, the crash and everything, they're not sure, is it now a good time? Do we, you know, have we reached bottom? Or in general, how do I get into this market without you know, this fear of having my assets, you know, be completely uh, yes, crushed? Yes, of course. Um, this is always the, the problem for most people who come into this investment. They think, well, you know, I don't want to lose money. I don't want to see the right. price of my asset, the value of my asset go down. And I have to ask, do you save for your retirement? And the most people say yes. Yeah. Okay, so when you save for your retirement, does it, your, um, your retirement savings only go up? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, right. So, right. yeah, you just have to expect it with that same scenario. But mm -hmm. within a five-year or plus time frame, your assets will go up in crypto yes. um, if you have a long enough time frame. And you don't have to have until you retire. Right. Five years out is all you need and you'll see a profit. That's a, that's an interesting take because a lot of people think, right? Oh, if, you know, you have to you have to be in it for such a long time and, you know, really hold through decades and maybe potentially you'll see something. But this market is like moves much quicker, right? Now, with, with Bitcoin, um, obviously, you know, being like, I would say the mother coin or... The foundation obviously has an impact on all the other cryptocurrencies. In, in terms of potential, would you say Bitcoin would still be the right bet or should you diversify and maybe get some Ethereum and some other alts? What, are, what is your take on that? Well, um, Bitcoin is the safest bet, of course. It's the yeah. blue chip of all of the different cryptocurrencies, meaning that it's going to do well and it's, it's going to go up, but not as well as some of the other ones, meaning right. that Others uh, will outperform Bitcoin, but you're taking higher risk. Okay. Right. So Ethereum will outperform Bitcoin, but higher risk. I would say the risk is not as high as, per se, maybe Binance Coin. Right. But it, there is risk there with, right. uh, with uh, Ethereum in, as opposed to Bitcoin. So yeah. Bitcoin has the lowest risk of all of those different assets. And the, the lower the risk, the le less the return. But the higher the risk, the more the greater reward. So it's up to yeah. you which one you want to run. Of course, if you take even higher risk, go to Dogecoin and Chiba. <laughs> <laughs> you can see some serious returns there. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, you know, the chance to get out at the right time is mm -hmm. just, uh, that's basically you can just start gambling, right? Uh, no, I mean, you don't think so? it is, it is, of course, if you, if you uh, do some research and learn how to trade, of course, okay. it doesn't, doesn't become gambling. But if you're just, if you're not somebody who knows what to do and when to get out, yes. you will be just gambling. 
Very true. And that brings me to my next question. Do you think, because obviously you're doing trading analysis and you're talking about the different trades people could take, uh, do you think trading is for everyone? No, I don't think trading is for everyone any more than I think that a doctor should, everyone should be a doctor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, you know, if some people just can't stand blood and some people just can't stand um, they're tr losing money on, on yeah. trades. So what characteristics do you have, should you have when you want to, you know, get into trading? Well, one thing is you've got to be able to manage your emotions. You have to be able to mm. manage them not only when you lose, but mostly, the most important, is to manage it when you win. Yeah. Because you will become the worst, your worst enemy when you win. Mm -hmm. Especially when you win a lot. Because then you'll do something <laughs> stupid and lose everything. That is some serious advice right there. When you get into something, at first you learn the fundamentals, but the deeper you get into it and you try different things out and then you know you make profits and you feel like you're an expert and you start to lose the fundamentals, right? That you in the beginning learned. So yeah. I've done it so many times <laughs> where I've revenge traded, right? Because I got angry. Yes, I've been through the whole gambit of emotions right. and you have to manage your emotions or you will lose, you will lose. Serious advice right there. Mm -hmm. um, now, when we're talking about, you know, risk and everything, the market going down, and people think that Bitcoin, you know, as like a digital gold um, could be a potential hedge against uh, inflation and, you know, economic crisis and the unfolding of what's happening in the real world out there. Right now we see, I mean, it, it's it's not decoupled, right? Like there's a, there's still, you, you see something happens in the world and then the entire market, crypto included, like every other market crumbles. So what do you feel like is needed for, for that to happen where we're not as exposed to cycles in the real world and where we're, we're maybe transitioning, decoupling and transitioning to, to an actual hedge um, within crypto? Uh, well, I think we have to see the nation's cap, uh, currencies collapse because uh, they are managing a lot of the assets and a lot of the financial products out there, whether it be the banks or the governments themselves, they're all mm -hmm. managing um, all the assets and financial assets out there in order to make their money, their yeah. paper money look good. So until that happens, we won't see any kind of equilibrium, the fairness, right? Because when you can print money, you can do a lot of things. hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. You could do a lot. <laughs> yeah. But do you see in the future that's still happening? Yes, of course. Is it because it's, uh, the financial system is not designed to work forever. And yes. they do. You you can tell that because they the what's what's happening when you're seeing the deg degradation of society. This is the first sign of a collapsing currency. Society actually starts to degrade. Wow. Um, so if you study monetary history, you see that. And yeah. what, how you could see our society degrading? Well, it's simple. You can see that uh, what's so this nonsense with Black Lives Matter? Like every live matter, by the way. Just <laughs> so you know. <laughs> Uh, where the LGBTQ nonsense, uh, all that is just a degradation of society, right? All of this nonsense that you see that you're like, what the hell's wrong yeah. with you people kind of thing. And you can't say anything because then you'll be canceled. That is the degradation of society. Just so you know. <laughs> I love that you're bringing it up. But exactly when you said that, immediately I felt like, oh, you know, can I talk about this, right? Like it's such a, a vulnerable topic where as soon as you say something, you're going to get backlash for it. But with everything that you just said, I absolutely agree. The, you know, and but people call it conspiracy theories exactly. and all of this. But Think about it, right? Yeah. Think about it for a second. <laughs> um, 
Yes, there's gays in our society. Yes, there's lesbians in our society. But are they the majority? Are the majority <laughs> like gays? Yeah. No, they're not. You can't say they are. Yeah. Right? And there's nothing wrong with them. They can, they can do whatever 100%. they want. But they're not the majority. So don't push it in the faces of the majority. Okay, but do, if you, let's 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 go down that a little bit. Um, and I have never, you know, we've never talked about this um, sort so of um, in public or to an audience. But with these, I mean, there, there's clear agendas going on, right? Where mm -hmm. things are just being, I mean, you see it through marketing. If there's a, a big marketing spend and you see it everywhere, there has to be a reason for yes. that, right? It's it's because it separates us. It cuts us from fighting against Division. each other. Yes. What's what is Julius divide Caesar's and divide? Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. And so, if we are fighting amongst each other, we can't stop and say, "Hey, wait a second! You see that banker over there? Yeah, they, they cause all this. We should like chop their heads off." Right. <laughs> right. They don't want that. <laughs> Before we continue, I quickly want to highlight the sponsor of today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Apex, the Web three social media platform that I, as the host of this podcast, am also a founder of. We all spend time on social media, whether that's hours of creating content or consuming it. Either way, we're making social media companies valuable without being compensated for it. So my team and I decided to change that. The Apex app is a new social network that rewards you for every interaction on the platform, sharing, commenting, or voting on content. It's the easiest way to kickstart your Web3 journey. Join me and start getting rewarded for your passion by downloading the app today. That is such a, um, I think, an important topic because, you know, people know about crypto and they, you know, speculate and all of this. The reason why I got in, into this space in the first place, I learned about 2014, got full time into the space in 2016, which was when I realized the potential of blockchain. What is blockchain about? What is, why do we need decentralization? Because to understand why the internet is an innovative and great technology is pretty simple. You have a problem, right? We cannot communicate over a distance. Internet bridges that gap. Mm -hmm. But that gap, to understand why we have a trust gap or why centralized corrupt systems are currently at play and, and how decentralization and blockchain technology uh, can be can offer alternative systems, right? You first have to understand that. And so, yeah, I like that you, you know, bring that up. Um, now, I'm curious. There's obviously a bunch of new projects coming out. And I feel like in the beginning, we were in the crypto and blockchain industry. Mm -hmm. Now we're in the Web3 industry that includes NFTs, metaverse, and so on. There's 3D immersive experiences. And then there's this buzzword metaverse, right? Obviously, uh, the big company Facebook renamed itself to Meta. And we're shifting in that, in that direction more and more, where in the future, potentially, you know, transactions in those 3D virtual environments will run on blockchain. But how do you see that panning out and okay. are you what is your take on this whole metaverse issue? well i have a very interesting take on that oh, okay okay so first off right remember how uh you know jesus also said you know breads and circuses will keep the people happy right yeah well this is another way of uh breads and circuses right mm. so that if you have a bunch of people that you know that can rise up against you right if you can give them something to do other than rise up against you mm. right that would be a lot better right Mm -hmm. And make them happy, keep them happy, yeah. and give them virtual world where they can have virtual cars. They can have a Lamborghini, a Bugatti. They can have like a huge mansion right. in a virtual world. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, I think I like that, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that has a lot of potential for them, yeah. right? For them to uh, actually keep you distracted. Mm. There, there was a lot in that answer. <laughs> 
So do you see in general the technology of creating more immersive worlds with like Unreal Engine and mm. just, just creating these incredibly realistic and, and immersive worlds? Do you see that in general it's a direction we should not be heading towards or do you see that Nothing. it will unfold eventually either way Nothing but it's a matter we, yeah, of yeah. who and yeah. who's Nothing in control. Nothing we make is really truly evil, right? Yes. It's what we do with it. 100%. Right? I always say that. So, for example, there's nothing evil with the metaverse, yes. right? It's just the, what the intention. Yes. Where government actually funding and pushing this and, and giving. This is why this is why Meta changed their name. I mean, Facebook Facebook changed his name to Meta because they're getting, they're probably getting funding from the government to, to mm. do all this, right? right? Make this happen. Now, that's why everybody's, all these major corporations are getting into, involved with this. Mm. Because they're getting paid. Because yeah. when you can print money, you can do a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, yes. But here's the thing. These guys are going to fail because they're too divided. Mm. right? Uh, they're not interested in coming up with a, a solid solution mm. for uh, transferring digital assets across different metaverses. Um, if, they were, if they did that, if I saw that where there was a... a you know, uh, Microsoft, Facebook, or well, now Meta, and then uh, Google were all together coming up with a, what's it called, a, a layer zero for transferring assets between all the different um, uh, metaverses where they came up with a, with a, a, a basic standard graphics user, like yeah. graphics interface yeah. where, okay, these are the standardized graphics that you need to have. These are the standard layers you have to have in the graphics is standard so that when you do move your asset, it will look somewhat well in the other metaverse, mm. right? It'll, it might look a little bit off, but yeah. it can work, right, in the next metaverse. Having so, a form of interoperability where exactly. you can move between Exactly. Worlds. So yeah. as long as you follow a specific standard. So if they came up with that standard first, yeah. then we can see a bit like a, a really useful um, metaverse that comes out from these com companies. Now, uh, of course, they will. Th that kind of plan will work out well, for the governments and stuff like that, because if they can do that, move people move assets, people will be jumping on this. Yes. They will be like getting virtual virtual Bugattis, virtual uh, you know Lamborghinis, yeah. virtual houses, and then moving those houses to a different world. And yeah, be um, be happy about it because it's definitely good. It's definitely something very addictive, right? Right. Uh, there's no if ands or buts about it. Absolutely, and you said this something very important, which is you know the technology is not good or bad. It's really how we use it, what mm -hmm. we do with it. It's the intention behind mm -hmm. it. Um, and I mean, in general, the space is about changing and making a shift, right, from this monopoly sort of society um, to going to a more decentralized system where you have a lot of different players and they can all work and sync with each other. And maybe we're using different chains and they work and sync with each other. But where do you feel like right now? I mean, if you look at the, the Web3 projects and startup space trying to create these projects, I mean, with Apex, we're even working on our 3D immersive worlds. And, you know, we have our NFT marketplace and the social media app on blockchain that rewards users for their interactions. And so there's that going on. And then obviously these big companies trying to keep up. But what is your take on like where we currently are with that in terms of progression? Do you feel like the, the small companies and projects that are now being developed? And I'm talking about mass adoption here, right? About going to the masses, getting the benefits of these emerging technologies like metaverse tech, like blockchain out into the world, Web3 projects, what are we up against? I guess that's my question. We're so far behind on this. Uh, you, you've seen what the, we've seen what Meta came up with, right? We're right. so far a 
away from it. But that actually confused me because, I mean, they have all the funding. They could have done better in terms of... Uh, yeah, graphics. but the, there's a, probably a lot of limitations, right? The graphics cards, yes. where are they going to display this? Yeah. If you're talking about 3D graphics, you're, what machine you're going to be using, there's a lot of limitations that they had to um, dumb down the application to. Yeah, if you have and, a user space, exactly, especially of that exactly, size. Exactly, where you have to you know, accommodate for the smallest device, yeah. the slowest device, you end up with something very limited. Mm. And so... That's what that's a choice they made, yeah. right? And and so yeah, that's why we came. That's why they came up with something yeah. less than stellar. Yeah. Now, um, could they have done better? Yes, but unfortunately, it would require hardware that nobody has. <laughs> so, so that's the problem, right? Yeah. I guess it's it's like it, it depends on what you're going for. If you want real-time rendering, you want in a space where there's people live on different servers then that is more difficult to achieve, right? We held our launch event in Decentraland, and obviously, you know, that's different from, way different from Unreal Engine 5, mm -hmm. um, where there you have the quality, but you, you cannot yet bring that into yeah. um, like a, a live environment with, you know, millions, potentially billions of people. Exactly, so right now, I think the, the level yeah. of um, a metaverse that we yeah. can have is best is Minecraft. <laughs> so okay. Minecraft yeah. would be the best we can do, yeah. the way we can work it across all yeah. uh, platforms easily. And, and then, then as, the, as the platforms grow up and get more sophisticated, then that can actually slowly improve the yeah. graphics. But, but I mean, you were really hard. early with Bitcoin and like, you know, finding it, this technology and seeing the potential in it. And just to wrap this topic up, um, where do you feel like we currently are? Because you were really early with Bitcoin, obviously, you know, you saw this emerging technology, you jumped right on. Now with the metaverse, we're, we're back in those very early days where we're probably quite uh, away from, from mass adoption. So is it a, still a great time to now get involved? Are you getting involved? Are you waiting on the sidelines to see, you know, how the space evolves? And are you already in the metaverse? Do you have avatars? Well, I do have avatars. Yeah. People have given me avatars, but I'm not actively in the space. I do, okay. I do have uh, some uh, land um, in, in uh, what's it called, the NFT worlds, mm -hmm. right? Um, because I believe that their project is the closest one to actually being part of the metaverse using uh, the Minecraft yeah. as an engine. Uh, but other than that, that's that's all I'm in when okay. it comes to the metaverse. I don't. I think yeah. we're so far away so from far. it, like more than ten years out. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. very interesting. Lastly, because obviously we all know you're a big Bitcoin ambassador. <laughs> you're uh, obviously you've, you're an OG. You've been in this space for such a long time. Um, now I'm curious: is there anything besides Bitcoin that people should keep an eye on, where maybe they have the potential to be just as early? Are you? Is there any secret coins or projects that you're involved with, <laughs> or industries? Nobody asks me that. No, <laughs> no they do. Everybody. Does. <laughs> oh, I thought it was special. <laughs> no, yeah. everybody wants to know what's the next big thing. Yeah, what's Why, the next what, big thing? What can they can buy really, exactly. really cheap that they can hold on and? Uh, but become my, rich one day. Is but, that, that's the real question, right? right? But, my, but my question... <laughs> that's the real question. That is the real question. <laughs> but my question is also a bit different because I'm not just... It, for me, it's not about the mm. speculation of the price. For me, it's about what can we get into that will drive like mass adoption where there's, there's actual value. What is a project or it could be an industry like DeFi or you know, in terms of NFTs, like something where you feel like this is what she, people should definitely do their research on. Well, I think all of crypto, of okay. course, for all of crypto is the next is where all the wealth is going to be moving into. 
-hmm. Like everything that we do in finance is going to move into crypto. Yeah. Right. Going to be moving into decentralization. Going to be moving into smart contracts. So you have to study crypto. You have to be here. You have to learn how to own your own private keys. Um, how to say how to um, move money on using MetaMask. You have to do all that research because mm. that is where the wealth will be going to, and you'll be in the front lines of that that wealth mm. transfer because it is it is it is a, a thousand times better than the financial system that we're using today. Today, for example, I was with this lady, and she's dealing with a private bank who told her. The, who she she wanted to buy crypto. She got them to buy crypto for her. She bought they bought a bunch of crypto for her. But I said, but she wanted to take possession of it. Mm-hmm. I said they don't have that. Banks don't operate that way, mm-hmm. right? They never did. Right. They never buy the asset that you're trying to buy, whether even in a stock too. They will not buy it. <laughs> they will just take the other side of the bet. And by taking the other side of bet. What happens is you're they're not you're not participating with the upgrade increase of the asset because they're not buying it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Da Vinci, for this quick little interview and just giving so much insight into such a short amount of time. I think there were some very key takeaways here to always make sure you know that you obviously do your own research to look into the fundamentals, go back to the fundamentals. Why are you in the space in the first place? Any last words that you want to give to our audience? Yes. Um, wealthy people need to stop listening to your bank. They don't own any of your crypto when they say they do. Take your wealth off of uh, exchanges or from bank and take possession of it. I know you might say, oh, it's too much work. It's too much work. It, it will not be too much work when the governments, when they go under, because they will go under, they're going to take the crypto. They all, always do. They're going to convert it to their local currency. So don't be trapped inside of a bank. Make sure you take possession of your crypto.